It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Hi everyone, it's Craig White here from Passion to Succeed. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to another really exciting show. And you know, Passion to Succeed has really become an environment and a podcast show where you get the opportunity to, I guess, eavesdrop on millionaire mindsets, inspirational individuals from all over the globe. And I'm really, really proud today to bring a, a fellow Englishman uh, to our show, um, a guy that that I connected with, I, I guess, uh, probably around about 12 months ago. And um, yeah, it's been great to see what this guy's doing. And, and I'm really proud to be to be welcoming on the show today, really having a positive influence here in the UK and, and really having that ripple effect of change, which we're going to talk about today. Uh, so guys, have your notepads and pens ready, or if you're on the move, um, be ready for an absolutely fantastic Passion to Succeed show. And I'd love to welcome the, the one and only Will Polston. Will, how are you today, mate? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me on the show. I'm extremely grateful. All right, so it's a pleasure, Will. It's, uh, it's uh, again, very grateful this end that you are giving up some of your time. Guys, I just want to give you a little bit of an insight into Will and, 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 and what he does. He's making a real difference here in the, in the UK today. Um, is a, uh, a success coach uh, pro, um, trained in neuralistic uh, programming and uh, runs a, a really successful business out of Chelmsford called Make It Happen and has really um, set up the foundations to have a really strong influence in the UK and currently runs a, I would probably say, the, the fastest, fastest expanding community of personal development events here in the UK with the Elite Network. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, so it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, Will. I mean, our listeners come from all walks of life and uh, but have a, a passion for personal development, a passion for education and, and a passion for learning. So I, want, I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself. And I know you, you run Make It Happen out of Chelmsford. I mean, how did it all start for you? I mean, tell us a little bit about your background, Will. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I always ask people, how long have we got to talk about my story? Because I can, I can talk about my story in, in three minutes, five minutes, or in three hours. So uh, yeah, how, how long do you want me to, what, what, to what, what period of time do you I want think, me to, we'll to on go into? three through? hours, mate. So <laughs> anywhere three to five minutes, really. Just a bit of okay, cool. to a kind of who you are, where you come from, just to kind of, I guess, give people an insight that, you know, ordinary people with a passion to succeed can really make a difference, you know? Yeah, for sure. So um, I, I I grew up in Essex. Um, I, I I and I grew up. I'm a, a normal guy, right? I'm just a, a normal guy. Uh, I've got two parents. Um, I've got brothers. Well, I've got a brother. I've got sisters. But I grew up um, with everything being sort of quite good. We went on a family holiday every year. I always had clothes on my back. There was food in the fridge. Um, but one of the things that uh, happened was as I was about 11 years old, my dad decided to uh, leave his job and set up a business with one of my uncles. And long story short, that business didn't end up doing anything, but my dad already left his job and he ended up getting really depressed. And uh, I, I basically put two and two together and thought that money equaled happiness because there was my my uncles, who are quite well off in their own right, uh, my dad, when he was earning money working in his job, that 
he'd always worked in. And then when he'd left his job and we had no money, he was extremely unhappy. He was depressed. So I was like, right, at 11 years old, it's obvious. Uncle Mark, Uncle Steve, they've got loads of money. They're really happy. And then there's uncle and, and then there's dad. He's depressed because we've got no money. So it's obvious. So I, I basically went off on this tangent to earn as much money as I could. As young as I could, I was sort of buying and selling sweets in school, buying things out of the paper, selling it on eBay, doing whatever I could uh, to, to earn a bit of money. And then I started working in a clothes shop. I originally decided that I wanted to become a, a multi-millionaire by owning, and, owning clothes shops and selling designer clothes. Then at 17, I realized that that probably wasn't going to happen after uh, uh, someone in the industry started a shop local to where I live. And that failed, so I thought I need to come up with another option. Fortunately for me at the time, a lot of my clients were uh, were, were very wealthy because obviously at this time I believed money equal happiness. And I put them into four categories, professional footballers, property developers, stockbrokers, and drug dealers. And I just decided I need to become one of them. So the first thing I ruled out was becoming a professional footballer because I'm absolutely terrible at football. The second one I ruled out was becoming a property developer because I was 17. I didn't have the money to invest into property. So I ruled that one out. So I was left with two other options. The option I then ruled out to my mother's delight was becoming a uh, was becoming a, a drug dealer. And I, I found myself working in investment sales. And that was where I first stumbled across personal development. I read a book called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. And I realize that the more personal development i did the more money i earned so i was like this stuff's bloody brilliant the more let, let me do more and more and more of it and i've sort of become obsessed with it until the point where i went to an event with a chap called tony robbins which some of you might have heard of mm -hmm. and i had what i call my lightning moment so that that lightning moment for me was where i realized actually money doesn't equal happiness it was nothing to do with money it was all to do with my dad and how my dad didn't achieve what he was really capable of and the impact that had on me and my family. And I basically vowed I didn't want anyone else to have to go through the pain that I went through, my mum went through, my dad went through, my other family members went through as a result of, of my dad's situation and then set out on a mission from there. It's fascinating, really. I mean, you, you mentioned a, a couple of things. I mean, I, I know you mentioned obviously he wasn't obviously really that passionate about football, but you, you, re, you, you one of your hobbies, I'm not sure what sort of level you're playing at, but I know you're really into ice hockey. I've seen a few black eyes on, on Facebook. With <laughs> uh, how did that, I mean, is that something you've always been into? Or is it something you've come into later on? Or? No, I mean, I've, I've played ice hockey for 20 years now, um, 21 years actually this year. Brilliant. Uh, so I played a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never played at any really uber elite level. And that's the thing, right? So I, I've, I've always been what I call like a B-grade kid. So I was never A-star. I was never A-grade. I was never really good at anything until I found out the things that I was passionate about. So what I was really good at was selling. What I was really good at um, was, was, was making money. And... I was never the best at it. I had no natural talent, but I just worked very hard and I, I worked smart in the respect of I always looked to upskill myself. So I was always trying to look like, for example, when I was in sales, I remember there was a, a guy that I used to work with who was so good naturally, like just a natural born salesman. And I used to envy him because like, I used to really work. I used to read all of the books, do all the sales programs listen to all the audio tapes, do all of those different things. 
Um, and yeah, I, I was at his level, but I was at level. I was at his level not because I was just born with it, but we, because I worked at it. Yeah. And, uh, and and that was where where that came from. Same with ice hockey. Like I've I've always done okay, but it was because I worked at it. Because I, I was willing to, to do the work. I mean, I know you mentioned there about obviously being a B grade kid, and I, and I guess you know maybe some of our listeners will be thinking, well, hang on a minute, this guy, you know, was was buying and selling sweets at school. He had this entrepreneurial uh, blood in his veins at an early age, and and I don't know. I mean, I I sometimes you know when we come across like success stories, and you know, and I think you can often relay it to you know you know some of the you know uber successful people around the globe. You know that they were always told they'd never amount to much or you know, they're always trying new things at school and, you know, you often, you know, like the likes of Richard Branson and, and, and other entrepreneurs like yourself and, and even myself, you know, doing things at school to, you know, um, I guess make it, make some money or, or find a new challenge. And, you know, certainly from my own perspective, I was very similar to yourself. I had a couple of um, entrepreneurial businesses at school and they were thwarted by the headmaster. And then it wasn't really the money. It was more the the challenge of kind of doing it and getting away with it and, and learning something new. I mean, would you say that was something that, you know, has kind of stayed with you from the early years? Um, yes, it, it has. I, I mean, my, my thing was solely about the money. Like it really was about the money and being able to get certain things. That was what it was about back then. And yeah, I, I I focused on that. I, I I drove towards that. And it's interesting you say about sort of other entrepreneurs. So one of my obsessions is looking into people. Mm-hmm. So if if someone is deemed successful, and when we talk about successful, I'm not talking about success just in the form of financially. I'm talking about any level of success. And of course, success in a, as a word is subjective. But I I, I look to to, 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 I look into these people to find out what it is that they do because one of my blueprints to success or my own blueprints to success is find out what other people do, how they do it, why they do it, mix it with a bit of a blend of your own personality and then you can be better than all of them. That was sort of my my, my own self-created thing which was sort of quite um, egotistical to make it all about me but the reality was of of, of what could I do to learn from all of these people? Like I, I'm, I'm obsessed with learning, at, but it's then what I go to do with that learning. So now I still love learning from other people, and I'm always looking at ways to improve and innovate on ideas that other people have got. Um, but I, I do that with a positive intent. I'm not doing it for the sake of ripping someone off, for the sake of ripping someone off. I'm I like that. That's not what I'm about. It's about what can I do and how can I improve? Because most things out there these days are not original ideas. You know, it's something that's been taken from a, a mold of something and it's been improved or enhanced or it's been merged to create something that somebody else isn't offering. And, and that really is, is where I think the whole entrepreneurial thing comes in. If you look at any entrepreneur, any truly successful entrepreneur and when I'm talking about success, I'm talking about in this in, in this context, I'm talking about making a massive difference, financially being re- remunerated appropriately is because they're solving a problem. Yeah. They're solving a problem that somebody else has. And sometimes the problem that they're solving, for the, the reason they're solving that problem is because of a, a pain 
that they have themselves. And quite often that's what I've found it to be is that when you really dig deep and re- dig really deep, it's down to a pain of, um, of, of what other people uh, of what other people have experienced themselves in a lot of instances. It's not in every instance, but a lot, in a lot of instances. I, I think you're spot on, Will, and, and it's really good to hear. And I think, you know, you, you touched on it there about the importance of learning from other, other people. And I know Anthony Robbins talks, doesn't he, about modelling being the, the, the number one form for creating human excellence. And But I think you touched on it there where you're, you're almost taking it and, and looking to be innovative, but importantly putting your personality. So you're being unequivocally you, um, but learning. And, and I think, as you said, you know, very, I guess very rare. I mean, obviously people like the Elon Musks of the world come along. and uh, But I think generally, you know, most things that people crave to to feel or achieve or give is because they've seen other people blaze that trail before them. So it becomes something aspirational um, from, a, I guess, from a goal and an achievement perspective. 100 percent there's two types of people in this world there's see it to believe it people which is what the majority of the population is or there's the believe it to see it people which is what the minority are like you say the trailblazers whatever whatever terminology you want to use for them and they are the people that believe in something and they they want to do it and they'll they'll make it happen um to, to to create that and they'll they'll do it. I mean I remember sitting down with a, a, a guy that I've got a lot of respect for one time and, and and I was having this challenge and I said to him my my biggest problem in business when it comes to look at modeling is that there's no one I can model. And he said, What do you mean? I said, There's no one that's doing what it is that I want to do. So I can't model them. And he said, Right, you can and us so we get into this this debate and and he said what you've got to get clear on is what you want to model so for example he said if you want to if you want to if you want to model customer experience and customer satisfaction model disney if you want to model fulfillment model amazon so although what i do is nothing to do with amazon I don't sell online products in the way that Amazon distribute products. I don't have a theme park like Disney. I don't sell cuddly toys. What you can do is you can take elements of what they do, their strengths, if you like, and model those individual strengths, which, like you say, when you combine that with your own personality, it enables you to be you, have the raw essence of you, but have strength to that bow from having modelled those that are doing better than than you currently are. I love that. You know, it's a really good way of looking at it and, and pulling off, obviously, the individual strengths from these, you know, I guess, global impacts to be, to be able to, you know, really make a difference and, you know, model, you know, what it is in, in your instance of, of what what you've been passionate about. So to, to tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about, I know, um, tell us a little bit about Make It Happen. What, what, what is it you do? And, you know, I guess maybe any any challenges and obstacles that you've overcome in the past? I know you mentioned about, you know, often, you know, people are looking to solve a problem, um, maybe something that they've, they've experienced. And, you know, I guess, you know, from your perspective and, and mine, I guess that, you know, it, it's common knowledge nowadays that generally objections, challenges that we see in life tend to be a reflection of our own perception um, at that time. But t- tell us a little bit about Make It Happen. How did you go from, um, 
the the employment world and, and you mentioned about reading the secret i want to come back to that a bit later because uh, i think it's really relevant but you mentioned about obviously starting your personal development journey and but how did you go from from obviously that 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 one of the four options that you chose early on you know eradicating football and um you know property and, and drug dealing thankfully um how did you go from that transition will into you know you know successfully launching and running your make it happen you know empire yeah, it's a great question. So what, one of the things that, that happened and generally happens when you're in sales is that if you get particularly good at sales, then you get sort of shoved into a managerial position. And by the time I was 20, I had 25 staff working for me in the company I worked for, which I was a self-employed employee of. Um, so I was sort of commission only and, and whatnot. But uh, I... I uh, I, I just become really good at, at motivating other people, like because at the time I was driven by money, and I basically earned what they call an override, which meant that I I earned a commission on everybody else's commissions, and it made sense to me to to rather than me just do all of the work. If I could get all of these guys firing all cylinders, then then I would be benefiting from that. So I did exactly that, and I I got really into it. And it enabled me to do some things that at the time I wasn't conscious of the fact that I really enjoyed them and they were really high my values, which was growing and contributing. But there was a particular point where I remember there was a, a young, youngish guy that had been only working for American Express. Um, well, he had been working for American Express. Then he came and worked with me. And within 18 months, he'd gone from earning, I think it was 15 grand a year working for American Express to earning 27,000 pounds in one month. And, uh, and 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 knowing that I'd been a part of that journey for me was was like really rewarding. It was really a standout point, and that point was one of the pivotal moments when I realised that I actually got more satisfaction out of seeing him grow and doing what he was doing and the money that he was earning, and the way that he, he had a little one, like little uh, daughter, and how it was impacting his family than it did the money that I earned for myself. So that was one of the big reasons when I realised that it's not about me. Um, so that's one of the first the first times the the the, the journey on from there was that the, the industry I was working in was changing. I then left that industry and set up a business with a um, uh, an, an old friend of mine, actually my old boss from years ago, a previous company I've worked for, and we set up a renewable energy business. And we, we, we grew that really quickly we went from like a standing start to having 85 staff within four months. It was growing, 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 growing. And again, we, I mean, we had a call center with 50 staff. We had people that were out in, in shopping centers and, and out sort of knocking on doors. So they all needed to be motivated. So we did all that stuff as well. But then government changed legislation and we had to cull that whole business. So you said about some of the challenges, that, that was one of the challenges that we had, that particular business that we then had to close and it was when I was actually, so at that point, two years prior to that was when I'd been at this Tony Robbins event and I'd had this big, what I call lightning moment about my dad and how it wasn't all about money and how what I was really trying to do was to, to sort of rescue my dad. And that was where my drive to earn money had come from. And I was away with a girlfriend at the time in Mexico. And what was really interesting, there's a bit of a, a funny story to this part, right? So... I hadn't, I hadn't had like a relaxing, a relaxing holiday, like beach holiday for a couple of years. And we decided we were going to go to Cancun. 
and we like got the upgraded flight and the upgraded uh, package in the hotel. It was like an all-inclusive, but a nice one where you got all your premium spirits included. And uh, I've played rugby since I was four years old, so I'm partial to uh, a, a, a good drink and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> and just before we went, my, my girlfriend at the time, she's a dental nurse. And she goes, you got to come in and get your teeth hygiene, like get that, have the hygienist come and do them. Anyway, the hygienist clipped my gum. Right. And I ended up having to go on antibiotics. <laughs> so this holiday that I'd paid all this extra money for all inclusive alcohol and all this stuff, <laughs> clipped clip my gum so that I couldn't go, uh, so that I, I couldn't drink. So I'm on holiday. We went out one night at this place called Coca Bongos, which is like this cross between a, a, a show and a nightclub. It's really quite cool. Yeah. She got battered, absolutely battered. I had to carry her in at five o'clock in the morning over my shoulder. Woke up the next morning and she was like, look, I'm, I've got to stay in bed, Will. I feel horrific. I said, well, I'm not, right? I'm, I can't drink on this holiday. I'm, I'm definitely going out and enjoying the sun. So I went out with a book called The Hero by Rhonda Byrne, who was also the author of The Secret. Yeah. And I sat down with my book on my own because she was in the room hungover, which is exactly where I would have been if I hadn't been on antibiotics that I couldn't drink alcohol on. And I read this passage in the book called The Hero about a guy called Mastin Kipp. And Mastin spoke about uh, a, uh, a, 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 so he used to post motivational quotes on Twitter every day. Mm -hmm. And one day he got retweeted by Kim Kardashian and he went from a thousand followers to 10,000 followers overnight. Mm -hmm. And I just burst out crying. Thankfully I had sunglasses on so people didn't think I was a complete weirdo at the pool. But I, uh, I, I burst out crying because in that moment I realized for two years – I'd been thinking that I needed to, to make quantum leaps to be able to become a life coach, which is what I wanted to do. Whereas the reality was, if I wanted to make a difference to people, just a motivational quote would be enough to potentially have an impact on someone's day. <clears throat> so that's what I did. So I went home and I, uh, I, I started posting one quote a day. After two weeks, I started posting a quote in the morning and in the evening. After three weeks, I decided to set up a website and start blogging. And three months later, I had a 10,000 strong social media following. And it's sort of continued to grow and develop from there. So, uh, yeah, so um, amazing what the, the, the what at the time seemed like inconveniences, at the time which feel like challenges and struggles can create. And I, I truly believe from, strug from struggle comes strength. And what we have to remember, and I have to remind myself, um, this sometime like right now hand on like the honest truth is I'm going for a bit of a, a challenge with something I'm doing right now and um and, and it's and it's cha it's challenging it's it's difficult um but when we look back in hindsight we always can know that our our biggest the things that seem most difficult in the time have the biggest positive impact for us in the future I've not met a single person that their lowest moment hasn't that they've had in the past hasn't been directly correlated to their highest moment. And if it hasn't had a highest moment as a result of that lowest moment, it's because the highest moment hasn't happened yet. Brilliant. Joe, so it's amazing how like from 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 a seed of, you know, I guess it could seem in, insignificant back then, as you mentioned, you know, just having a, a clip on your gum can then lead you down a path of having you know another i guess light bulb moment um and you're starting on that you know that consistent 
contribution that's built something and it's just really great to see when, when you talk about challenges and I mean obviously as a, as a successful life coach now you work with an array of different clients um, in all different areas of, of life um, what would you know what certain models would you say for the listeners and I want to come to this back to the secret in a little bit but just for some of the listeners today you know what is there anything that you could share with them because we know that everyone's going to be having challenges in their life and you know, I, I remember um, reading something once and um, and even recently it popped up somewhere, maybe on social media, or it may have been something on Audible I was listening to in the gym. And it, and it talks about if people want a problem-free life, there is, no, there is no goal in life that won't present a problem. The bigger your goals, the bigger your problem. So obviously everyone's going to be having challenges in their life. You know, what kind of models do you work to or what can you share with with you know the listeners today that could maybe give them a bit of strength or maybe a bit of confidence to to put into their daily routines or, or life um, that could you know help them start to move forward in the right direction a that's a great that's a great question question mate. <laughs> no, it's a great question I'd, I'd love to, to come back on that so my, my whole coaching philosophy which gets and has got many 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 people uh, results in an area that they want and achieving success is clarity action and accountability. So if you wish to achieve success, however you define it, in your life right now, you need clarity, you need to take action, and I believe you need to be held accountable. So um, I, I quite often talk about congruence and the fact that the majority of people are incongruent. And what I mean by incongruent is their actions don't meet their intentions. And when their actions don't meet their intentions, it creates what I call the rift. And the rift, the rift shows up in the form of negative emotion, stress, overwhelm, frustration, depression, anxiety, unfulfillment, depression, all negative emotions. But all any negative emotion ever is, is a signal. Our, our human bodies are clever bits of kit. And all it's ever doing is enabling us to, or it's a signal to tell us we need to be thinking differently or acting differently. Mm -hmm. And the way that we identify which one is by gaining clarity. So you gain clarity on what is it that you really want? Like what is it you truly want? And in, in my experience, areas of life that, that people really need to gain clarity on is what is their long-term goal? Like what is their ultimate outcome? What would their ideal day consist of? What's the reason why they do what they do every day? And these are big questions, you know, these are powerful big questions, but what is the outcome desired to the long-term goal? What's the reason why they're doing it? What is the plan? So what's sort of the, the short and medium-term goals to get you to where you need to get to? Um, what, what are your values? What's your identity? So how do you define yourself? Because that's the two strongest, sorry, the two most powerful words in the English language are I am. Yeah. And anything that you define yourself with the prefix I am you are so um, so yeah that's that's something that is is really powerful I don't find your identity I don't find your strengths and your weaknesses there's 3,000 words in the, the English language for, uh, for for strengths most people struggle to come up with 10 but get people to get really clear on what their strengths and weaknesses are um, identify what they find meaningful and fulfilling and then getting clear on what is the optimal state for them to be able to operate in. So it sounds like quite a lot, but once you get answers to those questions and you take action on those things, 
then a huge amount of um, uh, a, a huge amount of uh, creativity can take place, which leads to a, a significant element of fulfillment for people. And that's what I, I love to create. And, and for me, action only doesn't take place because of one or two things, because of lack of clarity. So people don't have clarity on these, these things um, or because of lack of accountability. And, and my belief is that the reason that we, we, we need to be held accountable is because we've been conditioned to be accountable. When we're born, we're accountable to our parents. When we're, when we're at school, we're accountable to our our teachers, we're to work, we're accountable to our bosses. Then we go into the big wide world to want to do something for ourselves and we wonder why stuff doesn't get ha- doesn't happen. It's because we're not held accountable. And a lot of people, they, they say that they don't want to be told what to do, um, which I get, but being accountable isn't about being told what to do. It's about telling someone you're going to do something and then do it because most people, they don't have integrity with themselves. And... A lot of people, this this tends to trigger some people, but the majority of people are liars. Um, that they, they might not they might not lie to anybody else, but they'll lie to themselves over and over and over again. And and that's where when you've got accountability, we tend to not do that because we tend to we tend to lie to ourselves, but not to other people. So if we say we're going to do something, we tend to do it because of one or two reasons, and that's because we either want to avoid looking bad to that person or because we want to look good to that person. Two sides of the same coin, but either way, we we, we get stuff done. I, I I totally get that. I mean, I can I can almost uh, you know it reminds me, I guess, going back to my beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, kind of back in the, the early two thousands, two thousand and one, two and three, and you know I and, and again you've touched on it today as well with with, with the guy regarding the, the come from Amex earning sort of fifteen grand and then you know you having that influence working with him, mentoring, coaching, and. And having an influence on him going from in, in what twelve months to twenty seven grand a month, and but it's that emotional motivation, and, and I'm sure you'll agree we're probably driven more by our emotions. It, it's what you realised was a driving force for you emotionally. But then, if I look back to my my beginnings, and, and I, I guess I was always committed, and still remain so, because I know we let ourselves down, like you're talking about the lies. It's easy to lie to ourselves and let ourselves off, and give ourselves bullshit excuses of why we can or why we can't. But when you commit to somebody else, as you rightly said, whichever side of the coin, um, you know, pe- people have this, I don't know, they, they tend to do more for others than they do for themselves. Hon- honest, nice, authentic, genuine people, obviously. <laughs> do you know, that that is so true. People will do more for others than they'll do for themselves. However, and this is the, the part, so I, I quite often, one of the, the things, I've got a workshop this weekend and next weekend, and the, one of the things that we do is we help people find their purpose. And essentially, from what I've experienced, people's purpose comes down to helping people or other people be happier. And generally, we can do that via serving them in some way. Um, and if you look at any anything that we do, right? anything that we do is – to generally avoid pain or seek pleasure. There are two drivers. Yet when it comes to other people, um, sorry, when it comes to uh, ourselves, the, therefore the only reason, I'll say that again, sorry. So we have two drivers. We have a driver to move away from pain and a driver to move towards pleasure. So essentially the only thing that we ever do or the only reason we ever do anything is to change the way we feel. 
we want to either feel a bit better um, or feel a lot better. You know, we, that, that's the only reason that we ever really do anything. And um, and when you can do that and make it, I personally believe, when you can be making a difference to other people, that is a win-win situation. That's the other thing that's really important is there's no point in being this like um, philanthropist that's just giving and giving and giving and giving and, and you're not getting anything back until you have been able to look after yourself. So a lot of people, so using money, for example, is that a lot of people will say, well, people that have got lots of, they, they shouldn't have lots of money. Well, I, I believe that if you've got lots of money, you can do more good than not having mm-hmm. lots of money. So it, it, it comes down to creating win-win situations and it weigh, weighs for being mutually beneficial. Now, there are some things that I do that are very charitable acts, but they are charitable acts because they're my choice and the win that I get in that is that it benefits me. So they benefit and I benefit. Um, and that's that's sort of how I, I see those situations. But it is important to create win-wins. You just need to be conscious of what the win is for you in that moment. That's brilliant. And, and, and you know, you, you mentioned obviously being charitable. I remember a friend of mine saying, you know, he was, he was kind of going down that philanthropist uh, route and never really getting anywhere and his dad said to him look son you you know you're unable to to help the poor by being poor and it was a bit of a eureka moment for him but um yeah i i can see what you mean by the win-wins um look there's there's so much you know i I mean i'm taking notes and i I guess there's been some trigger points with with some of the guys and i I wanted to you you mentioned about um obviously you're doing some workshops um at the weekend on, on helping people find their purpose so obviously make it happen obviously you you're running as, as, as a business under that umbrella you have the workshops you have your life coaching where you obviously you're working one-to-one with people and you also have the elite network tell us a little bit about the elite network because this is massively expanding you know throughout the uk you've got you you're in is it seven locations now or is it has it gone up since i last looked yeah so it's so seven cities around the uk um so essentially the elite network is is a place for positive driven like-minded people to meet regularly uh, benefit from quality content. So we bring in two guest speakers at every event, and uh, I believe I might say that you're actually speaking in Chelmsford this month. Yes, looking forward right? to it. Yeah, so, fantastic, you and me both. So yeah, so we, we have sort of anywhere between 30 and 50 people in the room once a month in seven cities around the UK in any given month, and that's something we're continuing to build on and grow and evolve. And uh, and yeah, it's a great environment to meet like-minded people, learn something new, continue that personal development. In a, in a live environment, but without having to travel great lengths because they're, they're sort of on the doorsteps of, the, of, of obviously the locations where we're putting them. And the, the plan is to eventually have them running all over the UK. Brilliant. So I want to I wanna, I wanna, uh, ask you something and, and almost, um, I guess, uh, do a, a little bit of a, a cheeky promotion uh, from my perspective because I think this is absolutely fantastic. On, on Saturday, the 1st of December... Um, I'm afraid I'm already running an event, otherwise I would be there. But you have um, an event that I guess um, is taking up a lot of your time now. Um, I guess it's one of your challenges, maybe, pulling it all together, because it's a huge event you're running. Um, and just remind us of the title of that event, Will, please. So I'm, I'm running an event on the 1st and 2nd of December called the Personal Development Event of the Year. 
Now, what I love about this, now I can't, I've got to tell you a little story. So I've got a really good friend of mine and, and it, you just, you've triggered me to, to share this story with you and it comes from the, the, the base of the secret. Now, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. Obviously, you know, the, the biggest part of that is you're not just going to think about it. You need to get off your backside and do something about it. However, um, a good friend of mine runs a business called the Six Pack Revolution and he, um, oh God, we're going back years. Peter Andre was being interviewed on a show. Uh, I think it was Good Morning, and he was talking about how he had changed his life from, you know, being the, the you know, back, you'll probably remember, I think we're a similar age, when he was like the wash the washboard abs back in the, was it the early 90s? <laughs> and then, he, and then he, yeah. lost, he lost everything, Will, and then what turned his life around was reading The Secret by Rhonda Bunn. And, um, this, yeah, and this friend, this friend of mine watched, was watching this interview, and he was having challenges, picked up this book. Anyway, he's gone on to um you know from from the secret and other, other other parts of his journey but gone on to launch this business called the six pack revolution never triggered but actually it was the six pack kind of king of the 90s had triggered that book so it was a little bit of a, um, a moment and the secret anyway back to you more importantly obviously you read the secret it was the beginning of your personal development in i guess the adult world so to speak and at this event, one of your headline speakers is an amazing guy that actually the secret was originally based on him, Dr. John D. Martini. But due to a, an airing issue over in, the, in, in Australia, it ended up not being aired. And then obviously the seat, Rhonda Byrne flew over to, the, to America. I don't know if you know that story, flew over to America. And then obviously that's where the secret was formed from that collective get together of all of the, the people interviewed on the secret. And I, I just find it fascinating that the secret was the beginning of your journey and now you've got this massive event that you've got on the 1st and 2nd of December. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it, it is, for me, there's, there's so much sentiment that's involved. I, I didn't know the story about, about it was originally going to be based on John. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, you'd have to ask him. I did a podcast show with him about, a, oh God, six to 12 months ago. Forgive me, I don't remember when. And he was telling me the story and it was something, that, I, I'm not sure if it was like the, Aussie rules kind of equivalent of the FA Cup and it had gone into extra time so it didn't this this interview done with Rhonda Byrne didn't actually screen and then from there it went on to um, they have this um, uh, my brain's gone dead now um, like a, a, a mentoring group where the I can't remember my brain's gone like a Anyway, so they were all together and she came over and videoed them. The word had come out in a minute. But yeah, so, that, so tell us a little bit about this event. Tell us about where, where the seed come from, why you want to run this and, and, and what you're passionate about with it. Yeah, sure. So, so the, the purpose of the event is I, I love learning in a live environment. I think so many people fall into personal development, um, which is amazing, but then they find themselves stuck in what I call shelf development. And they just read book after book after book after book. Um, so I, I wanted to bring together lots of great people in an environment um, where all weekend there is quality content and there's quality content from great speakers that enable us to put ourselves in a, in a phenomenal position. Uh, that was what it stemmed from. I've got multiple speakers. So one of the other big name speakers that we've got is a chap called Jarek Robbins, yep. um, who is a very, very famous name. I can't say... Um, certain things about his name otherwise it i'm, I'm in breach of contract but he, he and himself is a phenomenal phenomenal peak performance athlete and i'm really looking forward to having him over so we've got jack robbins uh, i'm speaking myself we've got michelle zelly we've got 
Stephen Doran, who's an NLP trainer. Uh, there's a whole host of different people that uh, are going to be speaking at the event across two days. And it will enable people to gain insights into their life that they just wasn't aware of, meet up with like-minded people. And, and, and as a result, I truly believe that so much, so many uh, great, so many people, well, people have the opportunity to gain so many great insights in an environment that many people don't have the ability to, 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 to get to um, and hear this caliber of speakers in one location, in one weekend, um, in London. And, so, and yeah. a great time it's, of year, I think, personally. I mean, you know, I guess some people can think a little bit differently, but for me, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, this is a, a time of the year where people are evaluating life because we all have this common goal, right? Next year, we all want to have a better year next year than we had this year, however great this year was. So what a great time to get to an event like this and kind of really raise your your energy levels, your your, your personal development, and, and I guess you you know having a shift in the mindset to gain that clarity you was talking about. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so many people, they get to December and they're like, oh, I can't wait for the year to end, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas I'm more like, I can't wait for it to begin and um, or the new year to begin and having this event at the beginning of December puts us in that position where you can get ahead and get really get thinking. It doesn't mean that you don't go and enjoy Christmas. Look, I absolutely love Christmas and I, I get very, very festive indeed, but it gives us the ability to, uh, to yeah, take things to that next, to that next level by being ahead of the curve and, and having those insights and that information. Well, hey, look, Will, I, I'm really grateful for your time. It's been really great chatting to you, getting to know a little bit about yourself and, and what you're passionate about and some of the, 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 the trigger points in the journey that you've been on. And I'm sure the listeners have, have really found as, as much value as I have chatting to you this evening. Um, the uh, Would you mind sharing the website for, I mean, I will put it in a link and, and in the, the, uh, the, the, the introduction of, of the, the podcast show, but the website for for people to go because you actually there's an early bird offer i think it might only be for a day or two but um so there's an early bird offer that will be running out sometime i think the tickets are 99 pound if my memory serves me correctly what website would people go to if they want to join you on this uh this this personal development event of the year so they would simply head to personal development event of the year.co.uk beautiful will Thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a fantastic evening. I'm not sure if you're off uh, to training for ice hockey or what you're up to this evening, but we are really grateful for your time here and passion to succeed. And I wish you every success in every endeavour, uh, both now and in the future. Thanks for your time, Will. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Have a great evening. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe and join the community of passionate people. Passionate people.